Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. Today's scripture comes from Acts chapter 2. Listen for the word of God. Our ears are open. Awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they would also break bread at home, ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It's been a rough few weeks for the world on top of a rough year. From that continued terror and fallout in Afghanistan, the natural disasters that we prayed for, the COVID pandemic, as we name these large-scale tragedies, we know that each and every number and country and statistic, it represents a person, someone's friend or family member, a beloved child of God. It can be too much sometimes to take in, to know who we are called to be, how we are called to be in the world. This week, a dear friend shared with me a prayer by Jan Richardson, and it's called A Blessing for When the World is Ending. A few weeks ago, we talked about how one of the features of Christian community is blessing. When we invoke blessings as Christians, we are imbuing a person or a thing or a situation with divinity. It's a reminder that God was, is, and always will be present in whatever we are facing, in all things, in all times. I want to share that blessing with you this morning. Look, the world is always ending somewhere Somewhere the sun has come crashing down. Somewhere it has gone completely dark. Somewhere it has ended with the gun, the knife, the fist. Somehow, somewhere it has ended with the slammed door, the shattered hope. Somewhere it has ended with the utter quiet that follows the news from the phone, the television, the hospital room. Somewhere it has ended with a tenderness that will break your heart. But listen, this blessing means to be anything but morose. It has not come to cause despair. 
It is simply here because there is nothing a blessing is better suited for than an ending. Nothing that cries out more for a blessing than when a world is falling apart. This blessing will not fix you, will not mend you, will not give you false comfort. It will not talk to you about one door opening when another closes. It will simply sit itself beside you among the shards and gently turn your face toward the direction from which the light will come, gathering itself about you as the world begins again. The phrase that has been lodged in my soul this week is this. This blessing will sit itself beside you among the shards and gently turn your face toward the direction from which the light will come. Where is our light, friends, in days that feel dark? We know, we know that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him. And without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was light, light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness will not overcome it. My fervent prayer for you and for me and for our world is that we turn our faces toward the direction from which the light will come. That we turn our faces toward Jesus Christ, the light of the world. This is the fourth week in our series called Belong, Living in Christian Community. At our core, who we are is the church. What is most fundamental about us is that we are people who walk in the light, who live in the light, who point towards that light for ourselves and for others and for the whole world. Today, our central scripture is from the book of Acts. The people in the book of Acts are the earliest Christian community, and they're trying to figure out what it means to be a community that points toward Jesus and all that they do and all that they are. The book of Acts is our origin story as a church. In our passage today that Virginia read for us, this community has just gone through Pentecost. Today we call it the birthday of the church. Pentecost happens after Jesus has been resurrected. He appears to his disciples, and then he says, I'm not going to be with you forever. Soon I will go to be with my Father in heaven. But wait here, my disciples, my children. Wait here in the city of Jerusalem, because I am going to send you a sign. I'm going to send you a blessing. Jesus ascends into heaven, and the disciples wait. And what they receive, what they receive is the Holy Spirit, a powerful wind, the very breath of God that enables them to speak in different languages so that the love and the light of God through Jesus Christ is heard throughout the land. They know that they are not alone. This was miraculous. It was beyond anything they could ask or imagine. And now they find themselves 
how to figure, trying to figure out how to follow Jesus day in and day out. For the life of faith isn't always found in these grand, miraculous events. It's also about the day-to-day. And here's how they lived. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. This is our origin story. Our foremothers and fathers who believed were together. They shared what they had in common. Nobody had more or less than anybody else. Believers shared everything they had so that what they needed and more, it was communal. It wasn't individualistic. And on top of that, they shared things with each other, but they did that also so that they could share with people who didn't have enough. They would sell what they had so that nobody went hungry or thirsty or without clothing or shelter. They gathered regularly in each other's homes. They broke bread together, sharing not just meals, but also the sacrament of communion. They said to one another regularly, this is the body of Christ and it is broken for you. They also spent time in the temple worshiping God. They made worship a central practice of who they are and what they do. And it wasn't just their actions that mattered. It was also their attitude. They did all of this with glad and with generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. This is our origin story. This is at the core of what it means to be the church. And guess what? When they truly lived their lives this way, pointing to the light of Jesus Christ day by day, the Lord added to their number. The characteristic of Christian community that we are exploring today is hospitality. That deep welcome that first comes from God, the God who created us and in whom we always have a place to belong. Hospitality means that when we know this, then we can't help but share that kind of deep and wide welcome and belonging and light with others. When we become the light and share the light generously, invite others into the light, God will add to our number, day by day. When it feels like the world around us is ending, it's really easy to start feeling paralyzed or like we just want to curl up into a ball, to wonder where God is in the midst of it all. And of course, small doses of that are appropriate. In fact, all of us with beating hearts right now are feeling that pain in the world. You have the own pains in your life. And yet, and yet, friends, we are, we are people of the light. The best thing we can do in challenging times, the best thing we can do is act that way together. We cannot solve all the crises in the world But we can, we can be the church, do what we can with what God has given us in our own context. How do we turn our faces towards the light? We do it day by day. We do it with each other in Christian community. 
And there are so many ways to do that through this church. Now and through the fall, there are opportunities to serve. So like that earliest community in Acts, we share what we have with others who are in need. I'm excited to share that you have been collecting donations for Family Promise. Family Promise is a ministry that supports families living in homelessness in our community. Local congregations host those families uh, for a week at a time throughout the year. We're hosting a family in September. And you, over the last few weeks, have given generously Kroger gift cards, snacks, hygiene items. Our list is almost full. There'll be volunteer opportunities to spend the night with the families or provide dinners. So look for those. And we're going to host them again in November, so there will be more opportunities to give generously. I'm also excited to share that our backpack ministry is coming back. Bruce Donnelly, who's been leading that up for years, um, uh, we're bringing that back, is here, and he's looking for a co-leader. So as I talk about this, if you want to help talk to Bruce or to me. Um, but this was just settled on in this past week. But this church has a history of partnering with the food bank um, and volunteers here in our community to every single week pack backpacks of food. Uh, and we distribute those to Lake Forest Elementary and Isom Springs Elementary so that families who do not have enough to eat over the weekend have a backpack full of food and a note that says God loves you from this congregation to sustain them throughout the week. Look for more information about how you can contribute and volunteer very soon. We are hosting a blessing of the animals for the first time. It's going to be on Sunday, September 26th on the front lawn. It will be a fun opportunity for us to share and blessing, invite others in our community. But we're also partnering uh, with an animal shelter. So again, it will be a chance for us to give back for what they need so that we make a difference for all of God's creation. Saturday in November, we're going to host Rise Against Hunger. It was formally called Stop Hunger Now. Um, this congregation participated years ago. But it's an event where folks from age 4 to 94, they like to say, come together on a Saturday and you pack meals, non-perishable food like beans and rice, all together. Um, and they provide meals for people all over the world. We have opportunities, friends, to share and give generously so that no one has need. We are the church by being able to deepen our spiritual lives, gathering regularly in the temple, committing to worship, whether that's in person or online, if that's how you're most comfortable right now or you find yourself out of town. We share in communion that holy sacrament once a month so that we begin and end our weeks praising God together. We have more opportunities to deepen our spiritual life. Our Wednesday evening programming is starting Wednesday, September 15th. We're calling it Refuel. It's midweek food, faith, and fellowship. As with everything in COVID, plans evolve and change day by day, but our plan right now is to be able to eat outside with one another. Uh, and then spiritual formation will happen for all ages. So we'll have programming for children and youth outside. And all adults are invited to come into the fellowship hall. We have an amazing teacher um, who's a scholar in the New Testament. She's going to provide a six-week course for us comparing the different resurrection narratives in all four Gospels. Friends, what could be better for our souls than a deep dive 
into the power of God's resurrection. How could this Bible study inform our hearts, help us offer hospitality to others? Is there anything more important? This has been a lot, and there's a lot more, too. It's not an exhaustive list. Our third graders will take a class um, on learning about the Bible and receive their Bibles and worship. We'll have confirmation class for our youth. Adult small groups continue to meet throughout the week in person, on Zoom, and conference calls. Uh, look for information about adult Sunday school coming back that our Candler intern's going to teach. There are many opportunities for spiritual formation. And friends, when we focus our energy here, when we focus our energy on being the church, God will add to our number day by day, but not without our help. We reach out and we include new people into the life of our church, not so simply that our worship attendance increases or we have, the sake, we have more people for the sake of more people or more people to serve on committees because we need them. We invite people, we welcome people, so that more people know the light of Jesus Christ. So that when it feels like the world is ending, we are a community of hope that says even and especially in difficult days, love wins. And we are going to walk through these days together, sharing what we have in common, offering food to those who are hungry, gathering around tables with each other in deep community, shaped by that sacrament of communion, intentionally making space around our tables for God. We're going to worship regularly with glad and generous hearts so that praising God is first and last and sustains us in the midst of everything else. We're going to have our attitudes build one another up so that we are imitators of God, as a Christian community, we point to the light, especially for people who aren't here. Hospitality means making a space of radical welcome so that others know the joy and the peace and the love and the compassion, the mercy and the justice and the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. If we focus on these things, friends, God will add to our number day by day. And we, too, We'll be encouraged. We'll live out of hope when it's really easy to live out of despair. Do you know the number one reason somebody shows up to a church community for the first time? It's because someone they know and they trust invited them. I would like to say it's because pastors preach brilliant sermons, but that's never the answer. Or the children's ministry is excellent, or we have a fantastic organ, or our small groups are places of learning and growth and friendship. All these things are integral and vital to what it means to be church. It's how we radiate the light, and so when people come, they want to stay and get engaged. But over and over again, people who are church leadership experts are unequivocal and unanimous in their conclusions. The number one peop reason people show up to church it's because someone they know, someone they trust, invited them. My challenge for each of us this week is to think and pray about who we can invite. Maybe that's someone who's never been here before. Maybe that's somebody we haven't seen in a long time. How might we be part of sharing God's light with others, welcoming them into this community that shines that light so brightly? 
Is there a coworker you have who loves animals, who cares about their welfare? Let them know about the blessing of the animals. Do you know a family who may be searching for a deeper kind of community? Would love to have a barbecue lunch on the front lawn, have bouncy houses and face painting and games for their kids? Invite them to our fall kickoff on September 12th to stay for everything on the front lawn. Then they can learn about opportunities to go deeper. Do you know somebody who's really hesitant about worship, but passionate about hunger ministries? Tell them about our backpack program. Offer them a ride to the Rise Against Hunger event. Invite people to watch our worship service online whether that's safer for them right now, or they may be interested, but it can be intimidating to walk into a sanctuary for the first time. It's an opportunity for people to get a sense of the community so that they might feel more comfortable coming. I'm going to have us spend a few moments right now in silence and in prayer, and I want to see who the Spirit might bring to your mind about who you can invite to invite the Spirit to come upon you in this moment and think about who you can invite. Who is on your heart? Who is on your mind? Maybe nobody has come yet. I'm not going to pretend that the Spirit's timing is my timing, carefully calculated in the middle of a sermon. Continue to pray this week to be open. See whose name might arise. And then issue an invitation, maybe even more than one. Because, because, friends, we have a powerful message to share. The greatest story ever told. The world, it is not ending. It is crying out with sighs too deep for words. We, we worship a God, a God not of death, but a God of resurrection. So let us recommit to be a community that turns our faces towards that good, good news that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it.
Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.